Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome Spiral Uppers. Today we have Jessica Malone, a lifestyle design coach who is going to show us the power of decluttering, a powerful tool to unveil the skinny in life and get in touch with resiliency, motivation, compassion, and strength. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Great to have you. So decluttering, I I have gone through periods of great decluttering, and you mm-hmm. always feel so much better after. Why <laughs> is this your passion, hun? Oh my gosh, that's such a good question. So uh, this is near and dear to my heart because it is part of my own personal journey. Uh, Several years ago, back in 2017, I felt like I had come to this place in my life where I had achieved, you know, pretty much everything that was important. You know, when we think about like what society deems as success, I had achieved a lot of those things very quickly and very early on in my 20s. And I just reached a point where it was like, okay, I have all this stuff. Um, You know, I've got like this kind of financial security, if you will, but I'm just not like thrilled about the life I'm creating. You know, like I'm not excited about the life that I'm leading today. And that sent me on this journey to kind of discover myself, uh, discover what I wanted out of life, and then identify how I was going to get there. And what drew me into this lifestyle was starting my own minimalism journey. So I didn't know anything about minimalism, actually, uh, but I had started doing some reading on like mindfulness and intention practices and um, Amazon actually recommended this book called the 30 day decluttering challenge. And I thought, okay, well, you know, what's the worst that could happen, right? Worst case, it doesn't work. And I'm right where I am today. And I took that challenge and it completely transformed my entire life. Um, I lost like 20 pounds, 25 pounds or so in the first year. I saved thousands. I launched a business and that really got me started on this track. Um, When I first started, I didn't know this was going to become a business. I was just sharing my story with people. But over time, I realized that there was this perspective that I had around decluttering and letting go that people really enjoyed. And so what started all out as just like a personal journey suddenly became something that I was using to help other people live the life that they wanted. Wonderful. It's it's interesting how we're, we're, we're told that we need so much, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like we're programmed that mm-hmm. we have to have and buy, you know, a whole new season of clothing, new mm-hmm. shoes, new this, new that. And I've been through periods too where you realize I don't need much at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And, you know, something that I like to think about with my clients is, you know, thinking about decluttering really as a life skill, you know? So when we think about clutter, a lot of times we hone in on the stuff, but really what we're letting go of is not just, you know, like 
stuff that's laying around the house, stuff that we didn't need, things that we have too many of, but we're really letting go of like identities, expectations, habits. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I think the, the work is. And that's what I support people in. We use the stuff more as a conduit to identify like, what does this really represent to you or about you? And what would it mean for you to let go? What would you be able to create space for? Yeah, because often there's a lot of fear in letting go. You know, mm-hmm. I know our grandparents, our parents, well, especially our grandparents grew up during the Depression. So they mm-hmm. would they would save everything. And there was a lot of fear around just letting go of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's the, that brings us back to like this idea around identity, because it's like, well, why don't I want to let go? What do I feel like this says about me? Uh, What do I feel like this thing portrays to the world that I'm afraid to maybe move on from? Yeah. So how did it affect your weight? That's really interesting. Mm. That's a mindset change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, like I said, at the root of it all, um, whether we're decluttering stuff, we're decluttering our money, our time, whatever the case may be, what we're really thinking about is our mindset, like you mentioned. And so what I learned through my decluttering practice was that a lot of my routines, a lot of my habits, they were based on this idea that I had to do what other people expected of me, you know? And so in my weight loss journey, um, I had tried all the diets. I had gone to like a lot of the gyms. I tried all these different things, you know, boxing, yoga, aerial yoga, goat yoga. Like I had tried like all the kind of trendy stuff, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And I, it didn't do anything for me. Nothing ever really stuck. And when I started decluttering and I started recognizing the mindset that was reflected in all of this stuff that I was holding on to, uh, specifically in my kitchen, it was like, wow, what would I do differently if I was leaning into my own intuition, right? If I really believed that I knew what was best, how would that shape the way that I eat? How would that shape my exercise routines? And so what I started doing was I started finding foods that I really love to eat in a healthier way. And I started finding exercises that I would love to do. And so finally, what felt like this uphill battle all the time became something that was uh, much easier to be consistent with because it was actually like something that felt aligned for me. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So what what exercise aligned with you? Uh, walking outside the box. So I like yeah, that. it was walking actually, like the, the oh. simplest exercise of them all. So it's like I had had all of these gym memberships and all these things, and all it took was me committing to walking one mile a day. That's how I started. And my first, like my first 35 pounds on so overall, I'm down 45 pounds. Um, the first 35 pounds came purely from just having a consistent walking routine and improving the way that I eat. That was it. And so decluttering really just made space for that. It was like, okay, all this stuff that's going bad in the fridge, all these things in the pantry that I never eat, they're taking up room. And there's something else that I could be eating that feels more intuitive, that feels more aligned. And so if I create space, now I finally have room to actually put those things into practice. Right. And walking is so simple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no gym membership. <laughs> right. Right. It's like you literally could just go outside your front door and do it. And it's it's so interesting to me 
the lengths sometimes that we go through to lose weight or to build different habits and routines. And it's like, it, oops, sorry, it could all be so simple. You know, mm-hmm. it really could be so simple and we're overcomplicating it. And thus it feels hard and it feels like we can't do it. Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, I used to go to the gym a lot too. And now I just fit fitness in throughout the day and mm-hmm. whatever that day feels like you know, what I feel like I need, I do. Right. Yeah. So what other things did you change? What other routines and habits? Yeah. So um, some other things that changed for me, first and foremost, like I think the mindset piece is huge. Uh, One thing that I teach my clients is that the way you clutter one part of your life is the way you clutter every part of your life. Mm -hmm. So what you learn about yourself in your home is also going to show up in the way that you manage your time it's also going to show up in the way that you manage your money. It's going to show up in your relationships and it's going to show up in your work. So once I just started thinking about that singular thread and applying it to these different aspects of my life, I was able to change like the way I manage my money. You know, so I started looking at my expenses and thinking, what am I doing? Because I really feel like I have to, because the world says like, this is how I should be spending my money. Right. And so it's like brunches and happy hours and mostly anything that involved like lots of alcohol. I just pulled back from it because it was like, this isn't really the kind of life I want to live. It's just something I'm doing because brunch is pro- popular on Instagram. You know what I mean? And like everybody's brunching and it's the the thing that we're doing or it's what my, my peers are doing at work. And so we're constantly going to happy hours. But the reality is like, this isn't really how I want to be spending my life. And it's this cluttered thinking that is really driving me to participate in that. So pulling back from some of those social outings and identifying like, what are my hobbies? What are my interests? What kind of people do I want to surround myself with? Um, And of course, when you start changing the way you spend your money, it directly impacts the way you spend your time, right? Everything that I'm spending my money on is also a use of my time. And so I started spending my time focusing more on my interests and on my hobbies. Uh, And that's when my business really started to form because I started focusing more on like my fulfillment and less on what does society say I should be doing or what does society say is a good time. So what, what happened when you pulled back from those brunches? Did you miss it? Were you like sad or empty? (laughs) Uh, yeah, for sure. There is an element of, you know, um, with anything, when you, when you learn to let go, right? Like sometimes you feel uh, a sense of FOMO, (laughs) you know, like, is there something else I should like, should I go back to that? Am I missing something? So I definitely experienced that, you know, and I think that's something that everybody has to process and go through. And in a sense, maybe grieve a little bit if it's an identity that they feel very strongly tied to. Um, so I definitely dealt with that, but for me, it just became this kind of conversation with myself of like, okay, you know, you might be feeling left out. You might be feeling like you're missing out on something, but as opposed to thinking about what I am letting go, I tried to think about what I was creating space for and that, you know, really shifted the perspective. Right. FOMO. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) We are driven by the fear of missing out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, we're humans, right? So we like love that social connection and there's a a safety 
that we feel in following the crowd, being a part of the group. So it's hard to step away. But again, I think when you think about what am I creating space for, not so much what am I letting go, it Mm -hmm. feels more important. And as such, you prioritize it. Yeah. I remember suddenly it dawning on me that any party I'd been to, any big social gathering, I really didn't leave fulfilled or extremely happy from it, right? Like when you kind of get that, you can let it go a bit, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you keep driven, you're driven hoping for something. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I think it's very normal. Like I'm, I've been on this journey for, for years now. So I think Sometimes when I talk about it, it comes across like it's easy, but I shed a lot of tears. I did a lot of journaling. Like, I think that when we think about decluttering and how it's taken the world by storm, it's often presented as this like pretty package. Hey, you just let go of some stuff and then you get these really cute organized bins and then you color code your closet and it's beautiful, you know, Um, but, but really and truly, I, I think it's actually a very emotional process Uh, And we just don't see a lot of people sharing that side of it, but it it was certainly something I had to, I think, grieve in a sense. Like I've always been this person, part of my decluttering journey was leaving my job, you know? And so it's like, I'm now having to reconcile who I really want to be with who I've always been. What are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? What are my coworkers going to say when I tell them I'm leaving my job and you know, so there's a lot of emotional um, work that we have to do. And I don't know that we see that a lot in the mainstream. No. And what did you do to help yourself be, be strong in like even leaving your job? That's huge. Yeah, um, it really had a lot to do with building a, a new community of friends. You know, I didn't like leave all my friends behind, but I did have to seek out people who were kind of on the same wavelength. So when I first became a minimalist, I joined like a minimalism group and they met every, I think we met every week if I am remembering correctly, but we would meet regularly and just talk about our experiences, what we're letting go, what we're struggling of letting go of. Uh, I remember the lady who ran the group, she had this China set and every week she would talk to us about how she was just struggling to let that China set go. You know, and so I think about a year and a half later, she finally let it go. But it was just nice to know like other people are doing this and other people are having challenges as well. So I'm not alone. Um, Same thing as I started diving deeper into entrepreneurship, going to more conferences, going to like events and things of that nature, um, spending time with people who also had entrepreneurial aspirations that really helped me again to look forward as opposed to looking back. Yes. Not looking in the rearview mirror, right? Mm-hmm. I I have just recently moved and we had to declutter huge. Well, because we moved to a smaller space mm-hmm. and you go through the process of letting things go and there's some real emotional attachment to it, you know, like yeah. you've had small kids, like I've had small kids and, letting go of their toys and all the, it feels like you're letting go of the memories. Yeah. And the China set probably had an emotional attachment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. 
what what are some of the things you you decluttered or simplified? What did you do to simplify? Yeah, so um, I started with my home and then started looking at other aspects of my life. I think some of the harder things for me to let go of um, were in relation to like gifts that I had been given. Mm-hmm. So like clothes that have been gifted to me or uh, just stuff I have been given to like use to decorate my house. For example, I really struggled to let that go uh, again, because for me, the mindset and the thinking a lot of times that was driving my life was like, if other people said it was good for me, I should do it. You know? So when people gave me stuff, it felt like there was this expectation for me to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I struggled with that a lot. Um, and then also I would say that anything tied to my achievements, like there was some stuff like plaques and stuff I had gotten at work or maybe even throughout my childhood where it was like, you know, this has been in a box. I obviously don't care about it that much, but now that I'm thinking about letting it go, you know, it's drumming up all these emotions and like, if I let this plaque go, does that mean that I don't think this experience means anything? Or, you know, you, you go through all these thoughts in your, in your mind and we kind of start giving meaning to everything, even though it may have been boxed up, you know, we start associating all this meaning to stuff. Um, and so those were some of the things that I struggled with the most. Um, but I, I really think that it was decluttering my space was much easier than decluttering like various aspects of my life, you know? So like the gifts, they were hard, but I was able to work through that. What was harder was, you know, my mom bought me clothes that I ended up maybe giving away. And what was tough was like, now that I I don't maybe shop as much because I'm becoming a minimalist and I want to be spending my time differently. What do I do with, you know, my mom? Because that's something that we've bonded over in the past. So I think that was really the tougher part for me was like one getting rid of the stuff, but then how the stuff came into my life. You know, I'm often shopping with my mom and that's how I ended up with these things. (laughs) Getting rid of the stuff is one thing, but changing the nature of my relationship, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. So what, what did you do there? Did you find another way? Yeah, I did. So, um, you know, my mom has been, I feel like on my journey, she has really allowed me to test a lot of things <laughs> and just like see how to approach different people. But um, as my, like, I guess my desires, if you will, change throughout my life, um, my mom and I just started thinking about other things that we could do to maybe make memories together that would feel more impactful and be long lasting. So I shared with her, like, I think we should really focus on experiences. You know, I love that you want to get me stuff. I love that you want to buy gifts, but let's like buy something that we can both experience. Let's go get massages, you know, like let's travel together. And so Um, With my mom, we've actually really started doing a lot more. You know, if I do want to go shopping, she's like the first person I call. But our relationship, I think, has evolved from this journey because now we're doing stuff that like I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. You know, that blouse may be something that I have to get rid of. But like I'm going to remember that Mother's Day we spent together where we went and ate and got massages and all that stuff. I'm going to remember that forever. Yeah. Why do you think we're so attached to things and gather them? (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, and it's for a multitude of reasons. Um, I think that part of it is we feel like it's what is expected of us, you know, especially in like America, you know, we have a very consumerist society. And so, um, you know, it's like almost like it's expected that we should buy bigger homes, have more TVs, you know, have more digital devices, have all these different things in order to show people that we are living well. So I think one part of it is that expectation that we should be diving deeper and deeper into consumerism. And I think also what comes from that, again, is like the identity that we're shaping. If we think, well, in order for people to know that I'm successful, I need to drive a certain car and I need to have a certain size house and I need to have the latest and greatest gadgets, right? It's like, if that's how I think people will view me as successful, well, I don't want to let that go. I don't want to get less of it. I want to get more of it so I can show people that I'm continuing to be successful and grow in that success. Yeah. I, you know, since becoming more minimalist myself, yeah, I, you know, I often think of the amount of marketing, you know, the, you know, like, you know, if we sit in front of a TV and the commercials and the, the consumerism, like you say, is I imagine these people around a boardroom just trying to figure out how to get people to buy, 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 right? <laughs> and when you shut your, when you decide you don't want to do that anymore, you can see it. But before you couldn't really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, since I've become a minimalist, I really, I don't listen to the radio. I don't think I've listened to the radio in probably four years. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, like when I'm in the car, I am either it's silent, I just turn it off altogether, or I have like a Spotify playlist that I play. So like my favorite songs, I pay for Spotify, so it's ad free. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you know, I think that that's part of not just decluttering, but maintaining a decluttered space, you have to start building some like new guidelines for yourself in your life. And so like, I don't listen to the radio. Um, I don't have a TV in my apartment. Now that's not to say I don't ever watch TV. I do have a Netflix account that I use with my parents, but um, you know, I don't have a television because I don't want that to be like a central focus of my life. And I don't want people just pushing messages at me. You know, I want it to be very intentional when I sit down to watch something. Um, so I, I think that as you start to let stuff go, you realize just how frequently people are encouraging you to get stuff and you have to decide how do I want to manage that? Yeah. I think no radio, no TV is huge too. Mm-hmm. I, I, we only have Netflix and it also declutters your mind because oh, yeah. the, the fear porn and the, you know, the things that are fed into your mind through the TV are mostly unnecessary. Yeah. You know, and even with music, I mean, I think anything that we allow to come into our environment or however you want to define that, right. Is like, it influences us in some way. So the programs I watch, even though, you know, for example, like Netflix doesn't have ads, but you're still being sold to, it's just a little bit more, subliminal, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a lifestyle that people may have and you see that represented in a lot of the shows or companies pay for product placement, right? So, uh, you know, subconsciously you're still being kind of marketed to and sold to. So I think even, even when we are limiting those inputs, we need to be cognizant of what we're choosing to watch 
and what we're choosing to listen to? And does it really feel aligned with the the kind of life that we want to create? Yeah, beautiful. So what are what are some of the things that are most necessary in your home? Mm. Um, I would say it's like stuff that's probably not really tangible. Like um, I recently moved into a new apartment and I live not far from a lake. But one thing I was really big on was like lots of natural light. Um, I lived out of a van for a little while, a couple years back. And that like totally just shifted my perspective. And I'm like, I need to be outside or as close to the outdoors as I possibly can, like any given moment of the day. (laughs) So when I got this apartment, like I was really focused on like, okay, I love to walk. So I want to be close to something that in nature that will like keep me active. I want to have lots of like natural light. So pretty much my entire apartment is like always uh, well lit throughout the day. I don't have to use lights at all throughout the day, which is awesome. Um, And then tangibly, what I need Bluetooth speaker because I love listening to music and I love like dancing around the house. So I don't have a lot of living room furniture. Um, and then I think honestly, just like having the right people in my life, (laughs) those, those would be my big things. Like, do I get to be outside? Do I get to dance, have some connection to music and do I get to connect with the people I care about? Yes. So an emptier house means you can dance more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's so interesting. I was listening to one of the episodes you did with uh, an interior designer and she mentioned like a client of hers who didn't have a lot of living room furniture. And I was like, that sounds like me. Um, When I first started decluttering, I decided like, you know what? I don't want a coffee table in my living room. And so when I would come home from work, that was like my space to just kind of dance and decompress. And that is something that has just like carried with me over the years. I'm like, this is something I really feel like I need when I have to de-stress. Yeah. Creating the space that's perfect for you. Yeah. I love that story too, how she didn't mm-hmm. even have a couch or a coffee table. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Very. <laughs> So what do you have any great stories of people, you know, clients that have decluttered? Yeah, I do. So I'm trying to think like a good, so one, one story, I'll tell two stories because they are different examples, but two of like some of my favorites. Um, So I had one client who I helped her declutter in her bedroom. Um, And after our time together, she continued on decluttering and, and ultimately ended up doing both her bedroom and kitchen. And six months after we did our work together, she told me that she was down 40 pounds and that she had saved $25,000 in six months. Yeah. Um, And it just came back to that mindset because she realized like, oh, wow, like I'm kind of carrying this mindset in my life for her. It was around inadequacy and feeling like she was inadequate. So the stuff she accumulated and and spent her time with or on, uh, it was all based on trying to fill that void. And when she recognized that, not only did she clear it, but she, again, created some new guidelines. And it was like, wow, look at all the money I saved and look at how I changed my eating habits. So that is like one of my favorite stories. And then uh, another client of mine, similarly, she did her kitchen uh, with me. And she was really focused on like launching a business. She wanted to be an entrepreneur. She already had an idea in mind, but she just felt like 
she was struggling with like procrastination and not making a lot of progress. And three months after we started our work together, she texted me and told me she had a grand opening for her business. And she's been working on that ever since. So it's been, I think about two years now since her and I first started working together. And it only took her three months to start making some changes in her life after decluttering. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. It's really cool. I, I mean, I really, I really love it. And, and that's why I said in the beginning, like, you know, stuff is like the, the main focal point. A lot of times when we think about decluttering, but it, it generally represents something larger. It represents a mindset. It represents an identity. And when we can recognize that we can like transform our entire lives. Yeah. And, you know, it can be about, I'm not enough. So I always need more. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be pretty deep and you can't even see it. Right. Exactly. Have you ever had a full on hoarder or experienced that helping someone out of that? Um, how do you mean? Can you tell me more? Well, you know how they're, I, I've only seen it a few times <laughs> at a hotel, but they would have these shows where people would hoard and their whole house would be absolutely packed. I'm well, sorry. Yes. I didn't hear you at first. I don't think I heard no. you, but no. So I, I have not worked with people who would consider themselves hoarder in, in the sense of like what we often see on TV. Um, I have helped people who have a lot, a lot of stuff, but I've never been in a situation where like, we can't even make it through the front door. You yeah. Know? So <laughs> most of the people that I help, I mean, I help people of all ages. So it's usually when I work with clients who are like 40 plus, they tend to have just more stuff. They have kids. Right. Um, so they generally have a lot more things than like the 20, 30 somethings that I might work with. Yeah. So that's wonderful. So people can hire you and then you can help them through the process. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do actually, all of my service is virtual, which is kind of interesting. I started the business right before the pandemic hit. So that really changed the trajectory of my business. Um, but I really, I teach people the skill, I give them the framework and then they can continue to leverage it. But I am there with them along the journey, along the way to kind of like guide them and provide support. Right. So they can show you their progress. Yeah, exactly. How awesome. So tell us how people can find you and a little bit more about that. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So you can find me uh, on my website at nachoaveragefro.com. That's N-A-C-H-O, averagefro.com. I also use that same name on Instagram. So it's just at nachoaveragefro. Um, You can learn more about my coaching program or even I have a like self-paced class that will help you identify your cluttered mindset. And you can find all of that on my website. How awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Why average for one? (laughs) (laughs) So that is an ode to the beginning of my journey. So before I started this uh, minimalism, like blog and business, I was blogging about Tex-Mex food. I like love to eat Tex-Mex. So I was a food blogger and uh, that blog was called Tex-Mex with Jess. And as I transitioned into talking about minimalism, I felt like I wanted this to be like authentic and I want to keep part of these like hobbies that I enjoy as a part of the brand. And so Nacho Average Fro was born. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. See, now we know more about you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was really fun. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. 
And for everyone out there, don't forget, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. Spiral up, spiral out. Okay. All right. Yeah, great. I was just giving it the silence at the end. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'm glad we finally got to do it. It went really fast. I was, I looked up and I was like, wow, it's already, it's already like 540. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So easy. Yeah. yeah. What a great message. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, hun. So yeah. And Oh, I'll let you know when this comes up and if I miss any links or anything you want to add, just let me know. Okay. And then we can share it together. Okay. It's, um, Probably five weeks out. I've got quite a few in the bag right now. Okay. That sounds good. I will send you the link and then my link tree so you can grab it from any platform that you like. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Jane. Bye, hon. Bye. And remember, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. You can find more inspiring episodes on 14 different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and EmpoweredHealth.com. Be a part of Thrive Tribes. Be the change in Thrivolution at ThriveTribeHub.com. And join me and my fellow changemakers at Health Tribe, Body, Mind, and Soul on Facebook. Spiral up, spiral out.